Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, welcome to Listen Talk Podcast. I'm Nick Mercer. This is episode 97, and I'm talking to Dr. Ashley Kennedy of Neurofon in Ottawa, and uh, we're going to talk today about health tech, med tech, and concussions, brain injury, and speaking of which, I will now pause for word from my sponsor, Head Check Health. Concussion Talk Podcast is presented by Head Check Health. Head Check Health bridges the gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Track Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada, who rely on HeadCheck Health to improve communication and optimize care. Visit HeadCheckHealth.com for more. Okay, so Ashley, would you like to introduce yourself and just tell people what you what you, you guys do there, not you personally, sorry, for what you've done? did lead you to what you guys did in Neurofine? Yeah, definitely. Um, so at Neurovine, what we're doing is we are combining um, data science, so machine learning and AI uh, with wearable technology to make concussion visible for patients and for clinicians and family members who are taking care of patients. Um, the genesis of the company really was Um, my personal experience with a father who played professional football um, and had several friends who um, passed away from diseases related to CTE. Um, So those kind of early experiences, seeing some of his friends really go downhill from repetitive mismanaged concussions. And and you knew them before they were, before they're diagnosed, before they were showing any symptoms? Yeah, we did. We knew them, or at least when their symptoms were mild enough that we really didn't notice. Yeah. Um, and then it's a pretty quick decline um, for some of these football players who, you know, were the life of the party, and then all of a sudden things just completely change. Um, so that's kind of why, why I got interested in brain health. Um, I'm an athlete. Uh, you know, that's just in my DNA. Um, and so in university had a lot of friends, uh, on my track team who also played football and 
was the same thing for these guys. Like they would um, be just the most sociable, um, you know, brilliant people that I knew and then would sustain another concussion um, and be out of class from, for weeks. Yeah. Um, and then when they went back to class, never really ha- had the chance to fully recover. Um, so the more experiences I had like this, the more I realized how little we knew about concussion recovery and, and recovery post brain injury and um, just started studying it. So I've got, um, I went to school uh, for neuroscience, for exercise physiology, did a postdoctoral fellowship, really digging into the science behind recovery and how physical and cognitive activity supports healthy brain recovery um, after concussion specifically. And so that's really where the company began. And um, at that time, we, we kind of hit a new place in terms of technological advancement. So um, we had incredible capacity with cloud computing, um, electrode sensors had advanced to the point where you could have these wearables that gave you a good signal while in you know, your real life, as opposed to sitting quietly in a, in a clinic, getting a recording that way. Right. And so uh, the company started by developing a simple application to give feedback to the patient, um, getting them physically and cognitively active and giving them kind of a, an indication as to when they need to slow down and take a brain break. Um, and we've had the privilege of working with several physiotherapy clinics across Canada um, and getting some really good feedback that there's actually an important opportunity to support other types of rehab um, that can be done virtually. So vision training, vestibular training, balance training, um, and some cognitive behavioral therapy. So we've got this kind of um, suite of technologies that we can use to support patients. Right. Well, that's great because I actually have done a lot of podcasts with uh, Katie Mitchell. She's doing a PhD at Loyer and she, she's yeah. done a few with me. She's done a few of her own on Thrive Neurosport as her company or physiotherapist. She's a physiotherapist also yeah. doing a uh, new number. Um, I, I know of her, yeah. Yeah, she and Jan, and they do a lot of stuff about this, about, the, about vision therapy and nerve and nerve well, vision therapy in this area, but vision and concussions and uh, and uh, in balance and and so yeah and also the the psychosocial behavior the biopsychosocial behavior and how that's important and all of it so sounds like you guys are in the same wavelength that's good to hear that there are like definitely people from different just different disciplines at least sort of who are in the same even to come to this, come to this, not too long come to the same conclusions or not conclusions but same area at least yeah and and i think that's the key is the multidisciplinary so not just having one uh, professional looking at at the injury and not just having someone look at it from one perspective but having kind of holistic groups made up of different people who can approach it from different perspectives because it's concussion and brain injury they're such complex injuries you can't have one um, clinician taking care of the injury yeah it's just like numerous different symptoms yeah of symptoms that you can't just have one condition say this was this was happening and ignore the other yeah absolutely yeah. yeah so uh i ran your on your website there's lots of the cloud and the app which are mostly storage and good things for your information 
but um, the head headband and the heart monitor seem to be the key. So usually talk about, I don't know, let's start with the headband. What, what is the headband? Uh, so the headband reads your brain activity. Um, it uses something called EEG to look at brain waves. Um, and what we're trying to do is, um, is make this really invisible injury a little bit more visible to patients. Um, so we can use some of this data that, that is quite complex, have it processed in the cloud and provide a really simplistic output to the patient um, that can guide different types of therapies. Uh, right now, what we're trying to do is really create a, a robust program that can get patients cognitively active so they can, um, they can know how hard they need to push themselves when they're going back to school or back to work. Um, and we can give them an alert when they're starting to overexert. That's the, the first focus for us, but um, you know, the options to, to move forward with biofeedback are, are really endless. Yeah. And, and biofeedback is using your, your signals from your body, yeah. brain, heart rate, things like that, um, to retrain your brain, um, to allow it to heal, uh, to allow it to find um, peace when it's getting to a really anxious or um, kind of scattered thought pattern. Uh, kind of mindfulness in a scientific yeah. way, like getting your parasympathetic nervous system to work as not, you can, can't control it. So that wouldn't be, that'd be one of the point of the parasympathetic nervous system is you don't necessarily think about it, but you can at least recognize that shifts are happening in the body and what can yeah. you do about it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And the what can you do about it is is becoming more and more understood um, as yeah. the biofeedback body of literature increases. So we can um, we can see um, unhealthy patterns, and then um, you know, as a as a whole, we're learning how to help the patient regulate those those unhealthy patterns. Um, yeah, and a get lot, a, lot of, sorry, sorry. A, a lot of work and anxiety, um, which right. is which is a, a, an important piece that we see our patients struggling with is, oh, yeah. um, is anxiety after a, a brain injury. Do you see that in most, most patients or most clients that like, would you say a majority? Yeah. So the patients that we see are not typical concussion patients. They're, they're patients who are already having a difficult time getting back to their lives. Like post-concussion. They're, they're, they're typically people who are already in that post-concussive yeah. syndrome. Um, and so, yes, anxiety is a common theme with those patients, not all concussion patients. A lot of people just recover quite quickly and it, it doesn't really impact them, yeah. but the patients that we see are struggling to get back to, to life. Right. And, uh, I guess, well, I guess we'll, before we talk about more about how that is, what I was going to say, but the, uh, again, you're getting, yeah, I guess it's more, yeah, it's more like getting people who are more, say, science-minded and fact-minded, stats-minded to think about mindfulness and think about just kind of a narrative that I wouldn't think about. If you think like people who think about things like yoga and stuff is more kind of different mind, different type of different type of personality that would go towards that than people who would necessarily be like engineers or or lab lab technicians, like, you know, people who want that and people who want just to think about things. So it kind of, kind of melts the two with the getting yeah. data about your parasympathetic nervous system and all that stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, you've got the biohackers who are more like the, um, well, I wouldn't yeah. say they're the engineering type. They're biohackers are a special group of their own, but those are the, the people. The that facts, man, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, those are the, the yeah. yeah, those are the people who are typically using these signals to optimize, yeah. to optimize every part of their life, right? Yeah. But but wearables can be used in in um, well, I think they're in like from my perspective, the best use of wearables is for them to be medical devices that can support patient recovery. Oh yeah. Um, and we've got our start with biohackers, people who want optimal sleep, optimal, yeah. you know, exercise. That's that's given us some good a good starting place but there's a lot of potential beyond uh kind of the wellness um space for so sorry actually the medical device intrinsically needs to combine the biohacker yeah. um mentality and the wellness and and bring uh, those two together yeah exactly no, yeah. yeah so seeing which uh the next thing the uh, the the heart monitor is that how is that important towards your post-concussion or, or persistent concussion syndrome symptoms? Um, yeah, so again, um, heart rate can be used as a biofeedback tool um, to support mindfulness and meditation. Um, the way that we use it, though, is um, we use off-the-shelf heart rate monitors, um, and we um, get our patients as physically as active as possible within the appropriate heart rate zone that supports brain recovery. Um, and so this, all of this work is, is based on, um, kind of the thought leader in this space, Dr. John Letty, um, and his philosophy is that, and what he's seen, you know, come out of multiple, uh, large clinical trials is that high intensity physical activity can support recovery post-concussion. Um, but then from a clinical perspective, what we see is that patients are fearful of being yeah. intensely physically active after a concussion. They, um, they would prefer to sit in a quiet, dark room and just let their brain heal. Um, but the literature is clear, intense physical activity, when it's done within a very specific threshold can support and improve recovery. And, and so our technology with the heart rate is intended to push people physically to get them walking, um, sweating, jogging, possibly biking, yeah. getting them active again um, to allow that brain to start healing in a more efficient way. Um, and by giving them, by making this visible for them, it, it involves them in the process. It gives them confidence that they're not going to overexert and hurt themselves. And it gives them the extra push they need to go harder than they think they could. Nice. So how do you, how do you determine when that, you don't need the detail of it, but how do you, how would you determine what is the person's, a random person's threshold? So it's, actually based, it's actually based on um, kind of the gold standard that physicians use right now. It's called the Buffalo concussion test. Yeah. Um, and you have the person um, physically active on a bike or a treadmill and you you increase the intensity until they get symptoms. Um, and then your threshold is between 60 and 80% of that place where you started to get symptoms. And so you, we reassess that as the patient heals. Um, right. So it's a moving target that increases as you, as you get better. Do you do the Buffalo, Buffalo test there? No. And so this is where our partnership with physiotherapy clinics has been really helpful. Um, they're already doing it for their patients. And so they'll provide us, they can actually um, change the threshold as needed. 
they they determine the threshold and put it into the application and then we can tell the patient um, how their performance compares to that threshold. So your this technology goes directly to physiotherapists and their clinics or do they go directly to, to, to patients themselves? So now they're doing that now they're working with patients themselves, but in the future, um, we'll have a clinician web portal where patients, sorry, where, where doctors and physiotherapists and occupational therapists yeah. can log into the back end. Um, right now it's all patient centric. Oh yeah. But the technology from the product itself is that that's you sell that to, to clinics. Or no, to, right now it's all it's all to the patients. To the patient, okay. Yeah, but we've got partnerships with clinics who know the technology and can support patients as they onboard. Okay, um, and, and you're you're saying uh, that you are an athlete in the in the university, you know, just in general in life, I guess. So you talk a bit about that background, like what your what was your experience with concussion or with athletics, or not to say athletics, but like sport. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so, ironically, um, my sport was not a concussion sport. I was a sprinter. Um, I ran track uh, for Canada. Nice. I was a, a hundred meter sprinter, hundred meter hurdler. Um, but in college, um, being a sprinter meant that a lot of the football players would sprint with us um, in the spring, and then would play football in the fall. So. I got to know a lot of the, the guys who were really in the midst of, um, you know, hiding their concussions during season and even off season, if they got injured, they would hide it. Um, and we on the track would see the, the change in their, um, their mental health. We would see the change in their physical performance because of these repetitive head injuries. Um, I didn't get a concussion until November of this year, ironically. Um, I, my, uh, my family and I were building bunk beds Uh and a a big piece of the bunk bed fell on my head. So I was the first person as the first beta participant to use our technology. Oh yeah. That's good. Mm -hmm. So where, where did you, what did you do track? Where? Where did, where did you go to university? Where did you do not? I went went to Stanford. Stanford. I went to Stanford um, nice. as part of their track team, their sprinting team there. And you did your PhD and PhD, your PhD there, your postdoc? No, so that was my undergrad uh, PhD at the University of Ottawa okay. and at the University of Nantes in France. Right. And then, uh, my postdoc was at the University um, of Waterloo and the Toronto Rehab Institute. The Toronto, the Toronto Rehab Institute is such a cool place because they're yeah. constantly innovating and and putting technology in patients hands so that yeah, was really no, I, I talked to actually my second 90 episode 95 was with Laura Langer who is a research scientist at the Toronto Rehab Institute yeah not with kite really but with Toronto Rehab Institute but a con- the concussion calculator and um, cool. yeah. that, but they developed a concussion calculator just for for doctors and physiotherapists and other health professionals now to look at and say you know, ask them those five questions, and then uh, they ask them the five questions. They can determine if they'll be not determined. Say they have a good sense of if they'll be this participation will be a long term recovery or just two weeks or not two weeks, but um, just a short recovery. 
Yeah, yeah. A prognosis is a huge area of research right now. And we'd love to be able to use our data to support some of the research that's going on with prognosis, because if you can identify people that will that will suffer and need intervention, if you can identify those people early, um, you can really shorten the recovery process. Mm -hmm. And it's prognosis is such a hard area to understand with brain injury. Well, that's a, it's a good segue, actually. So what are, you, what, are you, what are you guys working on now that you think is going to be, or do you, do you want to work on soon? That, that's going to be, that you think will be, uh, can say, a game changer, but like, important. Yeah, so I think the real game changer will be connecting um, clinicians with their patients and using the data that we're collecting uh, to help clinicians make um, data-driven decisions. It's such a subjective injury. And so if we can um, make the injury a little more visible to clinicians and to patients and use our technology to connect them and to connect the, all of the treating cl clinicians together so everyone's on the same page for that patient. Um, one of the most frustrating experiences after my concussion was retelling my story to every specialist that I saw and not having any coherence between those. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Uh, what, what were your your so your symptoms, your personal symptoms after your November concussion? Um, so I had um, a lot of vision and vestibular issues and auditory issues. So I've got um, tinnitus. I've got vision, like lingering vision issues, um, right. all of which I've had a lot of of support with. We've got um. A concussion focused clinic. I'm sure they would love to talk to you too, Nick. 360 okay. concussion. Sorry. Um, 360 Nick. concussions like the leader okay. uh, in Ottawa. So yes. but they've been good at 
at supporting a lot of the recovery pieces, but you're still, you're still the, your own advocate. You're still telling your story over and over again to every expert. Yes, I guess that's kind of like what you presume, you know, how much time you spent in the health system in the States when you were down there. But uh, the States in Canada, obviously very different health systems and uh, very, very different there. They're still, you know, doctor health professionals, but, you know. Um, so do you find, do you find that there's a, seeing more, you know, like focused on getting patients to know what, what they want to know, but also what they need to know, which is kind of more of a, I don't want to say, but it's different, different approach to, to health to medicine is in like just what you, what you think you should know or do you want to have the right to know as opposed to what you actually do need to know and maybe you know, didn't think of it before. So like your your heart rate or your EEG, the many patients didn't think of that before, but they it's very important they do need to learn that stuff. Do you find yeah. that to translate that is to convey that to patients is something that's challenging or yeah, yeah, it, it is challenging, and again, that's why our our clinic partners have been so helpful um, because they can support some of the education um, that patients need to go through to understand how to really optimize their recovery process. Um, and so, yeah, we've certainly got a teaching component as well as the technology that we've developed. Um, but concussion care can be so expensive in the U.S. Um, to yeah. see all the specialists you need to, to recover properly can be incredibly expensive. So if you've got patients who um, can optimize their recovery and, and know a little bit more about their brain health before going in to see all these, the slew of specialists. Yeah, that costs a lot. Yeah. Save some money, yeah. Insurance is not necessarily going to be that helpful because you've got to like, pay premiums on that stuff too, so. Yeah, yeah, depending on where you get injured, right? Cost is the back door kind of thing. They got the HM for money that way. But uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, so you, what was your PhD on, your PhD your title for your PhD, your thesis? So I was looking at the impact of <laughs> neuromuscular fatigue on, um, on biomechanics. So when your brain is exhausted, um, how does that impact your body's ability to execute tasks? That is very um, important for me. Very, yeah, very, yeah. Very interested in that because my brain does get tired. Obviously, very. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's um, we're trying to prevent that that state of kind of foggy murkiness for our patients, getting them active, but kind of preventing that cognitive overexertion. But just, just you're focusing, you fo your focus was cognitive is in when your brain gets tired, how do you react cognitively or do you say fact tests like physicality? For example, I swim a lot and uh, I want, I did like last week, I did a swim that was you know, tri called tried to tickle, which is the tickle between the ferry route between Newfoundland and this island that's offshore like 5K and people do the full 5K, but this year it's too windy. It's not, yeah. it's not important, it's not, it's not important, but it's not important to this podcast. Um, so if I, and I, I know I can do the 5K, but just to swim a lot and play water polo and stuff. So, I mean, the 5K strength-wise is there, but endurance-wise is there too, but matter of executing the task of swimming and not, and the, the waters of the ocean maybe are a bit, obviously a lot more difficult than say a pond or a lake or a pool. And so do you look at how 
your body and your mind gets tired, your body is to your higher body, you're physically active, like your muscles are active. Yeah, we, yeah I did it both ways. So uh, extreme physical fatigue and how that impacts your ability to function mentally. Okay. And then extreme cognitive or mental fatigue and how that uh, negatively impacts your ability to perform, um, to stay balanced, um, to execute complex, fine motor tasks. So I did it both ways. And that is, that is very interesting, especially for me to talk more about that. That's just fascinating stuff. And uh, yeah, so uh, so right now, so right now you are working on prognosis capabilities or you would like to? We'd love, we'd love to find a partner to, to use some of our data to, to, to dig into that prognosis question. Okay. We're not doing it internally. No. But, um, but we're acquiring tons of data from our patients. And so um, these are, these are um, research participants for the most part who are eager to use their data to help other patients. Uh, and so, yeah, finding someone to work on the prognosis question with would be really interesting for us. Nice, yeah. Um, yeah. Very good, sir. Good job. Hey, oh, no, that's, that's it. Okay, well. Well, I guess if you have any questions for me or any, any more statements, things I've missed that you'd like to discuss on the podcast. I, so I'd love to know, um, did you get into like swimming out in the open after? Like, um, I, definitely not. Well, not actually, no. I guess, I guess not. I was, I was severely bad. I didn't have a concussion. I had severe brain injury in 03. And I was actually... I played volleyball before that, so and I usually just the odd times in lakes and ponds was fun, but like there's never any sense of really doing it. But uh, I did these. I started in the January of '03 in Victoria, so it was you know the weather was good, still good. Um, Victoria, BC, and uh, but so I did. I swam. We swam in as of like May, late May, I guess. June, June, late May, May, June, July. We signed lake. So I was saying lakes before I see the last, the last real memory of a physical activity for the the bike ride that led to my brain injury, which I remember just the idea of it. So I don't remember it necessarily. It was a 3K swim race we did. We did the league, I think it was the week before. And uh, on Sunday, we decided there was like 5K and 3K. I did 3K. I, I, it was all open water, just you know, a lake, which is, they call that a lake, but the pond swimming I was bigger than that, but it's called ponds. So I'm not sure that the terminology works, but uh, obviously the ocean is, as you, you know, different, I don't totally, but uh, yeah, but uh, I love being open water, some of this, like right. nature, again, the, 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 the mindfulness aspect of it, again, involved getting in the nature, nature and all stuff being inside, just to, I just liked it so much more. For yeah. example, last night I played, but I kind of played, but I could still a bar below outside in the lake on the same pond as Matt. So oh, that's cool. we did that. That was fun. But you know, I, I, I'm nowhere near what I used to do, could do. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's awesome that you are getting out and swimming yeah. like that. Like that's yeah, it's such an encouraging thing to hear and and <laughs> and so helpful for your for your brain health. It is. And um, actually, a lot about that was just, uh, well, we should, you know, 
keep talking about this, but uh, um, the uh, like to me as I'm assuming is a lot of anaerobic anaerobic exercise. Does that does that affect the uh, your you know, biofeedback in any way? That's right for for concussion and brain injury people. Um, sorry, like anaerobic. Anaerobic aspect of just swimming. So it's you're holding your breath for, you know, I know just a stroke or two, but you know. Yeah, it's unclear. There's so much of this, uh, the impact of exercise on brain health that's still not well understood. We we just know the the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I know there are people who who know more about that than I do, but it's it's um it is still very very new and very exciting to to look at that. And, and is your your heart monitor or which is you said you start all of the hunter heart monitors, but uh, say your headman if they not you can't wear them in the water. You, you, they, uh, so like a lot of the heart rate be, mon- you could but you can read it. So a lot of the heart rate monitors um, you can wear underwater. Okay. Um, and it would just be, it's an interesting, actually that's an interesting problem to solve is, is giving you an alert uh, when you are underwater. Cause what we, our alerts are all on cell phone right now. Yeah. Um, but that, that would be an interesting problem to solve. Well, I know sure. there are like, there are headphones, you, are, you can wear headphones, you are underwater. So yeah, it wouldn't be too complicated to do that. Yeah. As long as you weren't too far out in the pond, you need, you need your cell phone. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right. They have like a little like, you, know, you listen. You can listen to music like I actually last weekend when I did the one case swim. There was a woman there who was showing us. Uh, she always sick. I was sitting with uh, with the music, and she showed us this little little tiny iPod or uh, iPod, sorry, yeah, MP3 device that she stored to, and she hooked up so she could just listen to music without being hooked up anything on shore. Cool. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Again, it's not an area that like we I haven't really worked with swimmers yeah. before. I yeah. think that's a really another cool technical problem to think about. Cool. Well, I, I really I mean try to tune the weeds about this, but mostly your uh, where can where can people find your uh, your clinic online or in person or yeah, so going um everything's online right now, um, especially with COVID. Everything is done virtually. We've got research assistants that can get you onboarded um, through Zoom. So just you just go to our website, www.neurovine.ai. It's AI stand for artificial intelligence? Or, oh, sorry, pardon me? Does AI stand for artificial intelligence? It does, it does, yeah, AI. What is, what is AI you, you use in your, how do you, how do you obtain that? Um, so a lot, so all of our machine learning algorithms um, classified, that, yeah. well, yeah, that's, that's kind of the core of what we do is we use data science, mostly machine learning, nice. um, but looking at AI driven insights for clinicians to support their decision-making. That, that's so cool. So, uh, so yeah, so narrowvine.ai and, and you found me on Instagram, Heather did. Hey, Heather. Um, <laughs> found me on Instagram. So what's your Instagram or Instagram or your Facebook or well, you're both, but I mean, do you want to do you want to pull those out, Heather? Heather, you can, uh, you can sure, yeah, at Neuralvine at AI underscore AI. Neuralvine underscore AI for but for yeah. both for Facebook and Instagram. So, for, 
Heather and what? so we have all all accounts. So um oh sorry. Uh it's neurovine underscore AI for Instagram. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay, well then uh, yeah, I will just include those in the uh, description that I do as well. So there's anyone because that was it's not spotty if I hear that necessarily. So you know, but I will definitely include that in the uh, description. Which and uh, yeah, so now we're recording this on the Friday, and uh, this will be out on the Tuesday on August August twenty fourth. So uh, yeah, so uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, and well, thank you Ashley and and Heather who just chimed in at the end that uh, set this all up. Um, so thank you so much for being part of this this podcast, and this is just fascinating stuff. It's interesting. And Thanks for sorry. having us, Nick. It's really nice chatting with you. Thank you. The music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound, www.bensound.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.